Hello, and welcome to A Pair of Dice Lost Podcasting Channel. My name is Brendan. My pronouns are he, him. And today I am joined by... Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler. Our pronouns are he, him. I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-aspected street exorcist. Hi, everybody. My name is Christina. I will be playing Elion. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and Elion's pronouns are they, them. Uh, they are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and I play Resh Ferris. My pronouns are she, her, as well as Ferris's. She is a wood-aspected dragon-blooded who has a familiar named Zeke, who is a ferret. And she's kind of a performer, petty theft. And this is Exalted, like a dragon-blooded. Hey gang, Brendan here. Wanted to come in with some clarifications on this week's episode. First off, we've mentioned them before, but intimacies are the core of Exalted's social system. They are beliefs and feelings that make up the core of your character. Think of them as roleplay traits which can be ignored, but at great deficit if you do so. Essentially, an intimacy may buff or debuff your resolve to resist social influence based on how you act, and also how people approach you. Go against an intimacy you hold and you gain a buff to resist them, uh, but encourage it and you're more likely to listen to that person. Of course, in the social system there are ways to negate this. The first is a simple expenditure of willpower. Another is used to freely negate influences that the player is uncomfortable with. This last example is called the Red Rule. While we never have to invoke that in-game, I feel it is good to know that this game's core puts the player's mental safety above everything else. With that out of the way, I wanted to explain Amalar Divine's artifact as it comes up during this game. This character possesses a pair of brass dice called Sigaras Decahedrons. It is implied that there are many more of these things floating around creation. They are essentially brass d10s that are rolled straight, and then the gamblers can have a social battle using influence to change their number, or their enemy's number. This is all done as a kind of mental battle to imply that the gambling has more weight to it. Oh, also for more drama, I added dice sounds to the scene. Uh, with that out of the way, hope you enjoyed the episode. As Divine and Elian are on the trail of whoever stole this small child's uh, action figure. And as I recall, the small child was on the shoulders of Divine. See, correct Amundo. So, as you guys are tracking through Chiroscuro, I'm going to very quickly open up Christina's notes subtly and uh, figure out exactly how many successes that she got on there. The answer was too many. Uh, I was five successes over. Oh, yeah, that is too many. Not only did I catch uh, the scent of the criminal, I caught the smell of the toy. As you're basically following the scent of this toy, it's uh, it's something that is uh, like it, it has the scent of like wool and um, stitching is kind of what that it it seems like to you. Uh, obviously, they're not like a. I don't want to say they're not a mass-produced thing because mass production really isn't a thing, but it's they're about as close to mass production as you can get. They have the there's a distinct smell of sweat that was put into it. Did that sweat come from the shop it was made in? Uh, yeah. That's the joke that I'm making. 
Hey. So as it, you round a corner, you see a small child. Uh, well, not a small child. I'm sorry. You see a larger child laying on the ground, and um, they look like that they have a few scuff marks on them, like they've been uh, assaulted, maybe, by someone larger. Do they smell like who I'm looking for? They do. I'm going to look at Divine. That's the scent I'm tracking. When I like crane my head to look up at the kids, I'm at the kid on my shoulder. Is that the older kid that took it from you, bud? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the one who took my KCF doll. Well, uh, looks like uh, looks like only big kids get to play with that doll, and uh, somebody took it from him. But that's uh, hey yo, you little shit. Talking to the kid on the ground. What'd you do with my friend's uh, doll? None of your damn business, buddy. I'm not your buddy, pal. We're not gonna. I listen. I don't have. I don't have a stupid doll anymore. One. I have multiple questions. I, I'm gonna look up at the kid, uh, the small kid. What was your name again? Uh... My dad always called me called me Little Mountain. And then Elan's gonna look at the the bigger kid. What's your name? He looks up to you and he just kinda like gives you this stare and he just goes I'm Sextus Gilus, what's it to you? The little mountain and Gilus. Alright. Noted. Gilus, who took the toy from you? Also, it's not stupid if it's something that somebody cares about. Some, some group of older kids. Ah, so now you know how it feels having something taken from you like you did to Little Mountain here. Yeah, they said that they needed it to complete the set. Did it feel good having it taken from you? I mean... Did it feel good having it taken from you? Think carefully and answer honestly. I don't like liars. When you say that, he gets a wry smile on his face. Christina, do you have anything in lore at all? Like, even a single dot? Lore? No. (laughs) Not yet. Uh, Cody, do you have anything in lore? Even a single dot? I have five single dots. Okay. I'm going to give this one to you. Because because it's something that you wouldn't... uh, That you would know, uh, like, under certain circumstances, that... Elian, Elian is very clearly a weird dragon-blooded who did not get a, uh, as the realm would call it, a proper education. So Sextus Gilus is the name of the Immaculate Dragon of Wood. So, Divine, you immediately upon hearing that th- this child call him that, uh, know that he is lying directly to Elian's face. So, uh, kid, wanna put a uh, little mountain on the, uh, Gently let him sit down on the ground, and then I'm going to go, like, Slav squat right next to uh, Sexist Gilus and uh, look him in the face and just be like, kid, you're going to want to answer their question. And you're going to want to be honest because, you know, they scare the shit out of me. So I don't want you turned inside out and hung upside down from a lamppost out in the main street, but I, I, I'm not strong enough to stop him. 
and they terrify me and then try to use my uh, auspicious first meeting uh, attitude on the kid. Is that against his resolve? Guile or resolve, whichever one's lower. I mean, they're both a one. He's a ten-year-old. Yeah, I figured. And only two successes. But two is more than zero. All right, so uh, what are you... What in what intimacy? I, I guess is it like fear of alien that you're putting into uh air quotes sextus gilus? Yeah. Uh I guess it would be intimacy the good cop. Okay, I dig it. Like, I'm here to help you, kid. But they might actually murder you. As soon as that you talk to him and he has a sudden recognition of uh, what they, what you're going on about. He just kind of nods his head and then looks to Elian and just goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, my, they, 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 they call me Sparrow. Good. Now that that's out of the way. Uh, again, who took the toy from you? That wasn't yours to begin with. And how did it feel to have something that was yours taken away from you? Bigger kids said that they were going to complete the whole set, get all five Immaculate Dragon dolls, and then, and then, and then, if they turn them in to, 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 to the Tricon, he'll give us a prize. Breathe. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Speak calmer. Don't hyperventilate. It didn't feel good to have my things stolen. I'm sorry. Good. Now are you going to do it in the future to other people? No. Excellent. Now, can you give us a description and potential names or anything to go off of for these much bigger kids that took them from you? He describes uh, what sounds like some late teenagers, uh, probably on the cusp of adulthood. Uh, There's a group of about three of them. There is a short and stocky one, a tall beanpole, and an average-looking one. They all have uh, dark skin, and they look like uh, they look like kind of like out-of-towners. Uh, the best way I can put it is they're, they're not Delzen, so this guy kind of thinks of them as out-of-towners. Got it. Can you give us a general direction to go in now? The kid points towards the uh, the. Uh, city wall, uh, the, the the one that separates the new city from the old city. Excellent. So you're not going to steal again. Uh, and you're also going to apologize to Little Mountain here as well. Uh, I'm sorry, Little Mountain. I was just I was so jealous of the of the doll that you got. It's the it's I, I haven't been able to afford one. And Little Mountain looks uh, very, uh, very happy with himself and goes, it's okay. We can maybe we can play together once it we find the Kessieth doll and then we, we can be friends because I because that's mine because I bought it with all the allowance that my dad gives me from all from his job since he can't buy stuff for me himself since he's always away at work. That's not ominous at all. Right. So I think. Uh, we should go and look for these much older kids, possibly adults that decide that it's okay to mug teenagers. Well, oh man, 
if they're adults, are we are are we are we allowed? Am I allowed to hit one? I don't see a reason for me to stop you. Wonderful. Well then, lead the way, and I'm gonna grab a little mountain and sling him up onto my shoulders again to follow Elion. Sparrow, if you can promise to stay out of the way when need be and point out the people that take them, would you like to come along as well? Uh, sure thing. All right, just stay nearby us. If you see them at all, point them out. And Brendan, I'm going to keep using my bloodhound technique to keep tracking the smell of this toy. When last that we were uh, looking in on what that Ferris and Ricky were up to, they had recently gone down a road that was starting to be blocked off as a performance was being set up. And then off to the side in an alleyway, someone had uh, grabbed them or gotten their attention and uh, basically been looked them up and down and gone, can you teach us how to be tough? We now start again as there are three people in front of you. So, I mean, like, elaborate. Like, you want to go be cracking skulls? You just trying to show, look like you're, you're cracking skulls. Well, uh, you, you, yeah, sir, we're that's, yeah. That's step one, and no, nobody, nobody's sir. Everyone, a reverence towards everyone. Respect doesn't exist if you're a tough guy. Got it? Except if you know, it's like they had us on important family. Don't piss them off; they'll kill you. But you can't call everybody, sir. You gotta know who to call, sir, and then not to call, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm d- eh, eh, jerk. Eh, I'll snack. The, eh, there you go. I'll snack the shit out of you. Call me, sir. Don't do that again. Also, I want to smack one lately. The guy who called me a jerk. Who you call a jerk? Uh, you you smack the the lead guy, the one with the pompadour. Yeah, not like hard, but I just give him like a little bop. Uh, we're we're sorry. Hey, none of that stutter, stuttering shit. Nobody respects anybody who stutters. No one. Now, why do you think we are tough? Well, you you two kind of give off this devil may care aura. You're you're kind of everything that our music's about. At that so, point, Zeke pokes his head up out of uh, Ferris's like shirt blouse thing and just cocks his head at him. Right, but like, just by looking at us, you can tell that we're both tough, right? Y- yeah. Right. That's the, we'll start there. So, rule number one. There's two ways to visually look tough. First way, my way. Now, look at me. Why do I look tough? Well, I mean, you carry yourself like a badass, sir, and you, uh... Yeah, it's because I am a badass. I believe that. You know, you gotta believe you're tough to be tough. You gotta dress the pot. You gotta look like you'll fight anybody over a fucking bag of of potato chips, you know? You can't let everybody shove you around. You gotta be, like, irreverent, but also uh, respectful. No. Okay. Irreverently respectful. Okay. Yeah. Like, look at look at look at my threads. You know, I, I'm wearing like you know some, some like street clothes, but also I got I got this priest vibe going on. You know, there's a story behind that that I'm not going to tell you because it's none of your damn business. But you know, there's a story there. Tough guys always have stories, and they 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 look like they do, right? Yeah. 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 They do. We're just I. But the other way, the other way is the, the real kicker. Looks over at Ferris. This, 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 the girl's way. You know, look at her. She's, you know, little, little adorable little girl. She's, you know, sweet and nice, right? Too sweet and nice looking, right? Like, she'll fucking rip your jawbone off and she'll throw it all nice looking. 
nope, that's the other kind of tough. You gotta be so nice looking and, and, and inconspicuous to rip somebody's fucking throat open. You know? That's, that's that kind of tough. I'm gonna reach over and uh, flick Ricky on the ear and just, like, frown at him. Hey, I am hey, not hey. little. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a, it's a figure of speech. You see, if I kept on, she would, she would like, drop kick me into the fucking moon. You know, I don't want that. It's, that's that brand of tough, you know? Nice until you're not nice. Then you're real mean. It, it, is that what the, the, okay, I, I think that maybe we can handle that. You find your own brand of tough, though. You can't let anybody tell you what tough is. Tough is a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a decision. You just have to find out that you make it, you know? Ferris is going to give him, uh, the guys that we're talking to, a nice, like, sincere smile, like a joyful smile, and just say, the biggest thing you remember, confidence. Yeah. Listen to the murder machine's advice. Also, uh, it's pretty clear to Ferris that Ricky is totally just talking out of his ass for half of this. Like, it's the, the confidence... I, I can tell. <laughs> I know you can tell, but I'm telling you that your character can also tell. It's all bullshit. <laughs> I figured as much. Just confidence and nothing else. You're quick talking. Okay, yeah, I think I think that maybe we can get that. Thanks. I guess. Right, Final test. Final test. Punch me. I I don't know that I can do that. What are you, a bitch? Come on, do it. Oh yeah, you, you got you got 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 a hand down there. If you don't, that's cool. But also, you know, metaphorically, you know, not up. Do it. Come on, tough guy. Punch me. He throws a punch. It's very weak. I'm gonna recoil the punch like he actually hit me. Hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm gonna shove him into a wall. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, see, no, you're not. That's the problem. No, no, no. no. You're not sorry. It's, it's, it's fine. That's what. Never Listen apologize. here, man. I'm just, I'm just pretending to be tough. It's all an act. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I'm a method actor, motherfucker. Listen, it's just um, Brendan. While Ricky and this guy's having a conversation, I want to go to one of the other guys and just kind of like do that typical thing where you see in like movies where they're trying to get someone to look tough. They kind of like tell them to puff out their chest and raise their chin and like straighten up their back and stuff and like basically like teaching them how to look tough while he's having this conversation. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of like go over into the other two and show the ones who have been quiet and like uh, show them how to do this. Trying to think of what that would be to help them out. I'm going to say, give me a charisma and let's go with socialize. Hey. All right. Boy, that's a that's botch. Keep in mind, you got uh, someone who does not look tough at all teaching these guys how to look tough. So I will accept this bot. They kind of. They, they they do stand up straight and they do take your advice, but basically they look more like disciplined students who are going to get like hit with a ruler or something if they don't give the correct answer, as opposed to like bona fide badasses. I'll just start like putting flowers on them, like in their hair, like that are growing off of my hair, just like making them look better, not actually helping. One of them blushes. You want me to make some sort of role to make these guys tough, Brendan? Yeah. I guess you're trying to instill a minor intimacy of we're going to be tough guys. I think I'm certainly using presents to help them be tough. I'll make a man out of you. Pretty much. But, you know, on the streets. Okay. So, uh, 
What would you like me to roll? I'm going to say charisma and presence. Um, and for the whole scene, for the talk and everything uh, that you gave him, I'm going to say that is definitely worth at least an extra success and two extra dice. Five successes total. Versus their collective resolve of three. So uh, they're all going to get instilled a minor intimacy of, what would we call this? I guess like taking after Ricky or like the true punk way. The way of the streets. The way of the streets. I don't know, man. (laughs) Tough guy lessons. Like a con man. Oh, or we could just call it like a dragon. You should, yeah, that's fine. Just call it like a dragon. Like like a fire-breathing reptile. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to do to uh, help make these guys tough or talk to them about anything before they have to leave? No, no. If someone picks a fight with you guys because you're tough guys, because that's, that's part of being tough, you know. If you're a tough guy, people are going to try to... Any chump motherfucker is going to try to fight you on the streets. You know, that's, that's, that's you got to defend your honor as a tough guy. You know, How, what are you going to do to do that? You be able to do that okay. Uh, well, I normally, whenever that we get into an argument, I usually challenge someone to a uh, polite game of dragon's chess. Yeah, beat him with the board. That'll that'll show him. You know, challenge him to a board, but get him all nice and sat down, play some chess, and then smack him with something. That'll really uh, show him you're not messing around. You don't want to look like you're fucking around with anybody, you know? You'll figure it out. I believe in you. I got hope. One of the guys who has a uh, a mohawk, uh, kind of similar to, to yours, just not multicolored. Uh, well, I usually invite people over to come see my uh, my, my dogs. That sounds delightful. You know, I bet that that's just a genuinely nice way to stop an argument. But uh, uh... and and the third guy kind of like I usually do this, and then he goes down on his like knees and hands and like puts his head on the ground oh, oh yeah no one will see that shit coming that'll, that'll spook somebody for sure maybe don't do that she's gonna look down at the guy that's down on the ground yeah but if you, if you do do it you just gotta do it with all you do, do it with conviction you know make them make they gotta know that you mean it you know Half the battle is doing it with conviction. Uh, like the girl said, it's all confidence, you know? You gotta say it with your chest. You know, that's half the, half the fight. Half the fight is making them think you've already won the fight before they start it. All right. Are you gonna stay and watch us play? Hey, I mean, we're passing through. What do you What do you think, Ferris? I would love to. Well, there you go. I guess we're watching you play then. All right. Yeah, we'll be going on the stage in, uh, in just a little bit where the, uh... We're the, uh, we're the Realm Breakers. That's a pretty tough guy name. Pretty tough name. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we came up with it because, uh, uh, the, the, the music that we were playing didn't really sell, so we tried to break into this, uh, anti-establishment, anti-establishment scene, and, uh, the music sells, but we don't, uh, we don't really have the, well, until now, we didn't really have the personalities. Ah, yes. The old fresh-cut baby punks. Perfect. Okay. Um, you're going to keep tracking the smell of the toy. It is going to take you again closer towards the uh, the city wall. It, it's clear that these people have covered a, a lot more distance than uh, than Sparrow could have when he stole from Little Mountain. But, uh, you know, given their adult-sized legs, and eventually you do come upon a group of a group of three dudes just kind of hanging out by a wall. 
looking all cool, leaning against it. Sparrow, is that them? Yeah, yeah, those are the those are the bigger guys that 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 beat me up. Uh, th- these people look like they are. If they're not adults, they're doing a real good job at playing at being them. Do they match the description that Sparrow gave us? They do. And the smell leads like right up to them. The smell does, in fact, lead right up to them. And real quick, before we engage in conversation with them, I want to go into stealth and like find a spot behind them to like pretty much set up to spook them when they start giving Elion Elion sass. Because we know they're going to start giving you sass. Give me one second. I think I might have something fun for this. Oh, I can make this so much more funny, but I'm pretty sure I don't even need to stack more investigation stuff on top of this. Because I've set up the crime method as well. I will tell you this right now. Your in your level of successes with the investigation before was so obscene that I don't know that you would need any more. Excellent. I just wanted to make sure because basically I, I can find out if larceny rolls were made and shit like that for my essence hours, like in an area. It's kind of fun. Does it look like it's just the three of them around, or do I recognize them having you know? live around here and grown up here and stuff like any distinguishing they're part of this family or this clan or this or that. They do not look familiar to you and no distinguishing marks that would sell them out as anybody in particular, like any group in particular, I should say. Hmm. I would say that is probably a different kind of, uh, investigation role than finding the, the toy and everything. That's fine. If I can make that, um, I will make that. Uh, yeah, yeah, because th- their clothing is uh, generic enough, but there might be some uh, some noticeable. Uh, there might be some things for you to notice. Uh, it uh, it's going to depend on how you do it. If you're trying to, if you're doing it over a long period of time, it's going to be an investigation. If you're doing it uh, like as like an oc- as like a quick ocular pat down, it's a it's an awareness with perception. Uh, I'm trying to do it as a quick visual. And I also have my eyes, which give me a plus two dice to visual perception. So then I'm going to say it's perception and awareness. Okay. So essentially we're going to go up. I'm going to see divine go to where he wants to position himself. I'm going to very carefully kind of judge the, the two off to the side to kind of hide around a corner where they're safe. And I'm just, Gonna kind of peek and look them over, look on their arms, any um, like their shoes, see if they're worn down, kind of a visual showcase of what they're wearing, if there's any patterns, colorations that seem lit to match up with any groups, any symbols, uh, even something as simple as like, do they seem like they're out in the sun a lot? Okay. Um, so I will definitely give you uh Take an extra success and two dice for that. So 11 dice and automatic success. So yeah, it would, it would be four. Okay. Uh, with four successes, uh, you kind of give them a quick pat down with your eyes and uh, something does stand out to you. Uh, there is a small patch that uh, as they're kind of like hanging around, you can kind of see as they kind of turn around their little vests that they're wearing on the back. There's a, a small patch up near the 
top right where the shoulder would be. And there's a small uh, embroidered G right there. Uh, you know that this is a uh, symbol in the area that shows of uh, locals that uh, are able to be hired by the guild. Like the guild? Like the guild. So these guys work for the guild? They can. The best way to describe it is, is that it's like having a paper that says that the guild has okayed me to work. Ah, uh, okay. Hmm. I have paid my union dues. You either have strong feelings about the guild or you don't. And i that's one thing I did not decide on what this character's preferences were for. I mean, you guys know that working for the uh, the crime family... That that the Tyrana the the Tyranata clan is vehemently opposed to the guild. Their entire foundation actually came from a uh, union strike about a hundred years ago. So if we were to rough some of the guild up, that could go poorly for us, or be because it would create more tension, or could go favorably for us because fuck them. Uh, that last one is a uh, is a pretty good way to uh, work with things. Cool. I just want to make sure I've got the situation assessed properly. All right. Uh, so Elion's gonna walk up to them, just kind of like hands behind the back, not looking very threatening, and they're dressed in pretty normal looking clothes for the most part. Just walk up to me, like, excuse me, I believe you have something that doesn't belong to you. Uh, excuse me, I have every everything here belongs to me, but you the uh the the short the short pudgy one kinda kinda looks at you. Uh how tall is Elian? Uh just remind me real quick. I picked a height out for them, so I'm gonna say they're probably my height, so like five eight. Okay, uh this person is shorter than you by like four inches. So he uh so this short uh, chubby one uh, turns to you and has to look up at you and goes what's what's it to you? Well uh, as I hear it you stole from a child. Listen it, it, we didn't steal from a kid we he he took it from us. You no know. incorrect. <laughs> what you weren't there. Can I see the thing in question real quick? Why should we show you anything? Who are you? Because I asked nicely. And I know you have it on you. I can smell it. Along with your... You. Oh, you, you're smelling me, huh? Well then. I'm not saying you could all do with a bath, but I'm sure it's well aware. of it, It's apparent for you. Uh, uh, but regardless, I can smell the toy on you, and I know it doesn't belong to you. The short chubby one, uh, who appears to be the leader of this group. Ah, uh, you hear that, guys? They got they got a good nose. Well, then maybe they could uh, get a whiff of this, and they kind of turn and give you a big old... Like, do they actually fart in my general direction? They actually fart. They actually fart in your direction. Huh, interesting. So you work for the guild, or can work for the guild. Not only do I have a good, sm- a good sense of smell, I have a good pair of eyes on me as well. And they just kind of stare at him with the bright blue cat eyes. Okay, okay, fine, fine. 
So let's say that I do have this thing that you're looking for. What are you willing to pay for it? Considering you stole it to achieve it just so you can get a set to get some kind of reward from the Tricon, how do you think the Tricon would feel knowing that you're robbing children? The uh, the, the tall be- the, the, the bean pole uh, walks forward and just goes, yeah, Listen, lady, we didn't, we didn't steal from a kid. We borrowed it with style. That kid one, wasn't using it. One, don't call me lady. Two, you, the one you took it from, it wasn't theirs to begin with. They took it from another kid. That issue's been resolved. You stole from a child. Please return it. And that'll be the last time I ask. The, the average-looking one just kind of looks between the other two and just goes, Guys, this is, this is stupid. We outnumber them, like, three to one. Just punch them. And this is when I'm going to drop in behind them. Cody, c- could you have made me a stealth roll? That would have been, because uh, that, oh. that is... Yeah, that is that is something that I should have probably made. And that's stealth and dexterity, right? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and use uh, Distracting Breeze Meditation and spend four motes to add two successes. As okay. when they were walking up, Kavis pretty much, uh, before they rounded the corner with his hands in his pockets, he just kind of turns towards the wall and starts walking up it. And then along the wall behind the uh, other guys, pretty much just standing over their heads like uh, Batman in the Arkham games and just looking down, waiting for the moment to drop. Also, you called yourself Kavis. Well, shit. So so I was also going to say, since you described it, uh, take an automatic success and add two dice. Seven successes. Seven successes. Hot damn. And see if they even have a chance to see you. Oh, they're only rolling five dice. That's cute. Okay. Uh, so Divine drops down from uh, from the wall and behind them. Uh, what do you do now, bud? Dropping down from the wall behind them, I'm just going to put like a hand on each shoulder. I don't think that would be a good idea, fellas. You outnumbering my friend here three to one made it a fair fight for the three of you. But now, you know, they've got backup. And you really, you you don't want to fight us. You just don't. So now that they see that the odds are changed, uh, they just kind of go, uh, uh, okay, well, what if we like, uh... And then the, the 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 small one just goes, okay. Well, uh, what what if we uh, what if we bet on it? You know, we're in an alley. We can we can roll some dice. Why would I wager the outcome of this when it doesn't belong to you to begin with? Well, I mean, we found it fair and square. You took it, not fair and square. Still fair and square. No. That I'll take that deal. Okay, so you guys have finished talking to the these uh these three and after a little bit and hanging around in the crowd um i assume that you guys are going to do something in the crowd to try and get some money oh yeah i forget we're robbing people now is there someone who's setting up the stage yes there is a uh sound technician go over to the sound technician what is he doing 
uh, he's basically setting up some uh, basic like sorcerer's baubles. I was gonna say, hopefully, he's doing his job. I'm gonna signal to Ferris. Hey, hey, you do your thing in the crowd. I gotta, I gotta, I got a bigger fish to fry over here. You know. So I want to catch All the guy right. when he's like carrying something heavy, like a big speaker or something. Okay, you you find the equivalent of like a big speaker. It's like it's like a big like cone that has uh that that has like uh like glass on an end of it and is filled with uh some kind of uh liquid. Ah. All right, I'm going to walk up to the guy. I'm going to stop him. Hey, whoa, 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 hey guy. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Set that down right now, buddy. Come over here. We got a problem. Well, what, what kind of problem? Are you with the band? No, I'm I'm with the city. I'm a I'm a, uh, I'm exorcist for the city, and that's, what is the object he has in his hand right now called? Like, basically speaker, like, insert name for speaker here? It is a, a sound projector. That sound projector you have there is currently under the inhabitation of an evil spirit, buddy. Set it down, we gotta get this checked out before you put it on stage, it's important. Uh, an, an evil spirit? I thought yeah, there were only good spirits in no. these. No, no, no. There's a real mean guy in there. He's real pissed off. Like he didn't have his morning cup of coffee or something. I hear coffee's good, by the way. You know, cold. Anyway, set it down. He he sets it down. Yeah, I'm glad I caught you when I did. This is real bad stuff. I'm I'm just making shit up, of course, Brendan. I would like... I don't know what I would roll to like go through the motions of seeing how evil something is and doing my exorcism bit to to like con this guy out of money. I'm going to honestly say it is probably manipulation and uh, socialize because you're just making it up or manipulation and presence, I should say. Mm, okay, I should probably up my manipulation because it's not very good. Can I instead of okay? Here, let me let me pitch something at you. Can I recount a story of how I have seen spirit before and how it how it decimated an entire family of five in a two story building? And tell him a very engrossing story to use charisma instead of manipulation. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta make up at least a little bit of that story for me to give you the stunt. That's fine. That's I can do that. Now, now, as I'm, I'm as I'm looking over the box, I'm gonna be talking to the guy. I'm one time down the south end, you know, family of four over there, you know, parents and like two little ones, you know. They had this little music box, you know, you crank it up and the the, boom, the monkey pops out at the end, you know, real cute, right? Right. Y- yeah, yeah. That monkey popped out one time, and it had fucking claws because it was possessed by some evil shit. You know, sliced the fucking dad's arm in half. You know, he lost it at the elbow. Awful. You hate to see it. But oh, luckily, shit, like yeah, a blood ape. Yeah, it was. There was certainly blood, and it was certainly an ape in the box. If you know what I mean. But you know, uh, luckily I was there, and I'm luckily here, so I can. You know, same situation, and hopefully we don't get that foul. And I'm gonna go through like an entire ordeal of exercising the thing. To help the guy out, <laughs> gonna like sprinkle some salt on it, and I, you know, and like shake my staff in a certain way, you know, really, really ham it up. And I guess I'll, if I may, I'll roll charisma and presence. Please do. Uh, two dice and uh, and an auto success on that. Four successes. All right, man. Uh, so so it's all done. The 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 evil spirits out. We're not going to summon any blood apes with this. Yes, yes. Luckily, luckily now. See what would have happened. You see. Is it, you would have plugged that in to send the sound out for the show, it could have fucking exploded and sent shards of glass and other whatever shit is in this all over the place. Slaughtered hundreds. You know, the entire the entire street would have been a been a war zone, you know? But luckily, due to your quick action, we stopped it. Alright, alright. Uh so so how much does the band owe you? 
Brendan, what is considered to be like? Give me a breakdown of how money works in this game a little bit. Oh boy! So, um, generally speaking, the common currency for uh, the world at large is script, which is basically a paper currency as that we are all used to in the real world. But there are other currencies that are used for high high dollar items like trading in literal jade, which is uh, jade like what that your artifact is made out of. So a jade witch is equivalent to like what? Like a like a monetary amount in today's day and age. So like a a j- jade um is really hard to get your hands on. Um like just spit me out a not small lump sum of currency. Uh according to the resources in the core rulebook, a talent of jade is close to eight thousand koku in cash. Oh wow. Okay. So in that case, so a koku is like a dollar, right? Uh, a no, a koku is like uh, it's an eighth of a jade obol. Um, I need to like. Uh, let's... I'm sorry, but uh, we'll, we can we can add this. We later, I, but... I need to get into the the monetary system. Let's just say that this guy gives you the equivalent of a lot more than you deserve for getting. Uh, right. I'll be like, you know, so like in real world of clones, I'll be like, you know, normally for my for my services for for an officially ordained uh, exorcist priest such as myself, they'll be, they'll be about like you know like five hundred, the equivalent of like five hundred dollars. But for you, you seem like a nice guy. Uh, for you, uh, four twenty seven. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can take that out of the out of the band's funds, and he goes off and he gets you some uh some like guild script basically, which is like the equivalent of like cash uh in the threshold right and we will discuss monetary values later i'm assuming yeah i will find i'm sure that someone has made some kind of like some kind of excel spreadsheet for me to look into for actual monetary values gotcha so anyway so this guy goes and gets you uh a fairly sizable amount of money good i earned it (laughs) And then I, uh, I guess I'll go, I don't know, find Ferris. Because we're still waiting for this, like, show to start, right? Like, they're still setting everything up and everything. Yeah. Then I'm going to find a spot that's, like, close to the stage, but not, like, on or right in front of the stage. So that way I'm kind of, like, in the view of people. And then I'm going to take off my flats like my shoes and stick them in front of me kind of like a little like bucket cup thing and i guess i'll start uh doing maybe like a little performance with uh zeke cool so you guys are going to start uh dancing then or are you going to start playing music or are you going to wait for the band to go on and start dancing It, it really depends on like if the band is good What's the value of the doll? The value of the doll? Yeah. It's something that, I mean, obvi- I, I mean, I guess that the value kind of depends on who, who you're talking to here. Like, you know, Little Mountain would probably give his life for it because it's super important to him. But he's also like five years old and doesn't understand the value of these things. We read in. I want to read their intentions to see what they'd be willing to bet for the doll. I think that's the role to make. Okay. Read intentions, which is perception and socialize. 
going to use two moats to give me a automatic success. Okay. I'm going to take out my uh, set of uh, cigarettes dodecahedrons that I keep in my pocket. Kind of like rolling them between my fingers. So you want to bet for the doll. What are you willing to bet? I take many forms of payment and then see how they like reading their body language, see how they react from there. I'm going to definitely give that a, a, a two dot stunt just because of the, the use of your special uh, of your, your gambling tool and everything. Uh, so that's going to be two extra dice on top of whatever you roll and everything else and an extra success. And that's perception and socialize, right? So rolling 10 with two auto successes. So 11 successes. So not only do you get a really good idea of what these guys uh, value that doll at, you also get an idea of where they value their own existence in life and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know the value of existence of life. Uh, you know that they think that uh, if... They think that turning in all five of these dolls to the Tricon is going to set them up for life. So they've got a pretty big stake in having this one. And I probably don't have enough walking around money on me to uh, just throw down and be like, here, give me the set. Or we'll gamble for the set with this. Uh, you might have enough to convince them to gamble for it, but I don't think you have enough to just buy it off them. All right, fellas. So we're here to teach you a lesson. So to start out with, I will bet three times the market value for my friend's doll. And then when I win that bet, we can go double or nothing. And... I'll take the next doll from you. And we'll just keep going until you're out of dolls or I'm out of money. How does that sound? I did hear you had a whole collection of them. All five now. They think it over. Um, Hey, Cody, how, I guess, rich does Divine look? Like, does he walk around in, like, fancy silks and stuff? Like, his intent is to look a little less, uh... A little more unassuming, but like the perceptive eye would pick out a nice earring or a couple. Uh, the quality of his armor is pretty solid, but his outer layers are meant to look less uh, not wealthy. They just kind of look you over. You know what? Fine. I mean, it's not like this old man's got any money on him. So, uh, tell you what, how about we, uh, how about we, uh, if you, uh, if you lose to us, uh, you do a week's worth of our work. Done deal. For free. I, I already said it was a done deal, but. Uh, Cody, question for you. Do you have anything that, uh, anything in intimacies like that, that are like anti-guild related? Nothing specifically to the guild. I I mean, my so, major so intimacy with Uncle Akoki might be might like sway his thoughts towards the guild, but nothing guild specific. So yeah, so these uh these three are down to 
down to party with you. Uh, Elian, are you going to do anything to stop him or just see see where this is going? Not. Elian's just going to lean against the wall, put like cross their arms and just watch this happen. I guess let's get some 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 dodecahedron rolls going. So we each roll a die, and then if we want to shift it, we make a social action versus the target saw defense, applying intimacies as per usual. The amount of successes allows for that amount of adjustment up or down. So we've only got three di- two dice. So I'm going to hand one of the uh, sickly bronze-looking dice to the... Uh, leader of the group and say it, it's simple just roll the highest number you you've seen a set of cigarettes decahedrons before right if you're a gamble man i'm sure you have holy shit i don't think i've ever seen one of these only ever heard of them oh well then you get the rare honor of gambling with well you'll see you've heard the stories you know how this goes and then Kavis is going to roll his. Kavis rolls a six. And the punks roll a one. So I don't think I need to alter anything. Because if their socialized stuff is... I doubt their socialized stuff is high enough to take a one up to a seven. Uh, you are correct. Their socialized stuff is not high enough and they are not exalted. So they do not, uh, they do not, uh, they, they don't have the ability to up their dice pool. So they lose that round. Well, like I said, double or nothing. And then I'm going to take the, uh, amount of pretty much enough script out of my pocket to double what the original bet was. And I'll be taking that next doll. Okay. Kavis rolls a four, and the punks roll an eight. And see, this is where the uh, game gets a little weird, guys. Uh, I really don't feel like ever working for a corporation as slimy as the guild, so you'll have to pardon me if I don't feel like losing this game to you. What, what what do you mean? You just said double or nothing. I clearly won right there. Clearly you didn't. Uh, you should take another look at the dice and then going to... Uh, so that is rolling charisma and socialize. I don't know. I think that is also kind of... I, I would actually say that's manipulation and socialize. Dope. That's four, nine. And you said two on top of that. Yeah, two extra dice, and then obviously anything, and then obviously declare anything you want to use before that you uh, before that you roll. Yeah, I'll spend. Uh, we'll hold off on that. I'm rolling eleven dice at this point, I think. And I will let you know that their uh, their number to hit is a two. So that's six successes. So that would give me four. So that would bump it up to tie it see and they uh what the i could have sworn that that was a no 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 man you you looked at it upside down yeah see listen to your buddy he knows what he's talking about shit okay so are we going again yeah obviously we've got to break the tie 
Uh, they're going to take their die and roll it. Kavis rolls a two. And the punks roll a seven. Buddy! Wow, I am I am getting some fucking live vibes over here. It's the one thing that you built yourself for, and you're just not doing great at it tonight. Yeah, I've got, uh... I would need to go from two up to eight. Hey, Christina, can you make me a uh, perception awareness roll? Is this, I'm assuming this is a visual, visual thing? This is, in fact, a visual thing. Cool. Four successes. All right. Cody, is there any way that you're going to be able to uh, get this done? Because you, because you've got to, you've got to get basically, you've got to get like nine successes to beat them. I mean, I guess I could uh, start glowing. It would be definitely spinning enough essence around to. uh, I mean, dude, that was my plan was to intimidate them with. Uh, a water aura to begin with, but you wanted to gamble, so I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, I will spend. You know what? Fuck it. I'll spend ten motes of uh, peripheral essence to add five uh, social successes, and as I'm uh, looking around, pretty much gonna punch the wall. And be like, damn it, I'm not gonna lose this. He yeah. you need to roll a lower number. What 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 are you even talking about? That's what uh I will give you a, uh an auto success and two extra dice for that. Cause I'm I'm loving how intense that this scene is getting, especially considering some stuff that I know is going on. Anything for my perception check, by the way? I will tell you in just a moment once we see what that Cody's thing is. No worries. Oh, yeah. The one time I don't need all those auto successes. A fucking course. So that's uh, 16. Oh, so then, uh, so what? So they rolled a one and you rolled a 10? Yeah, I think that's that's about as much as it can go. Christina, uh, as Divine punches the wall and draws your attention up there, you uh, your nose catches the whiff of something. The toy's gone. With your investigation roll and the other stuff, you notice that the the toy that you guys are looking for has disappeared. The scent has gone up the wall, and you can see a large shadow is uh, jumping down on the other side. Divine seems very intent on his game. Do you give chase? So, how do I, do I see it at the top jumping down? Yes, at the top, jumping down on the other side, to the other side of the wall, into the old city. Ah, okay. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just be like, Divine, I'll be back. Cody, I have a question before we stop uh, recording and get to the cliffhanger for Christina for a moment. What do you think happens when it's someone can't pay the price of the dice? I'm, I'm guessing uh, you pay your pound of flesh. When it you win and they go to try and produce the the doll that they no longer possess. You can see the dice begin to shake and rattle. And from your shadow, there is a murmuring that comes about just a. I can't believe you're making me do this. Oh, man. Friggin. Uh, and there is uh, emerging from your shadow. 
is a six-legged lizard stretching about seven feet from tail to snoot. Or yeah, from tail to snoot. It's bluish green, and it is, to your knowledge, constantly and always whispering or murmuring. Uh, you look down at your retainer, the uh, demon of the first circle, an Amphilisae, the tea kettle, cur- uh, one of the tea kettle couriers. And uh, its name, uh, Drogo, and it looks up to you and it just goes, Is this the one who owes us money, boss? Yep, this is the, uh, well, he owes us a doll. You, you said you've got the doll, right? Looking at the uh, guys, the winds around us start to pick up. They're all freaking out uh, and looking for the doll, and they cannot find it. Oh no! You shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't gamble with things you don't have. Those. Uh, that's when we get into territory that's a lot less ideal. And well, I guess some might call it fun. You think it's fun, right, Drogo? Or oh yeah, I always love causing this kind of fear and stuff. I was hoping you were going to get me something a little bit more aged for a snack. These are still a little raw, so maybe put a little bit of fear in them. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Um, and the Amphilisea uh, sprouts a menacing orange fan from behind its head, and the murmur begins to reverberate along the walls. And from the shadows um, of everywhere around here, spiders and snakes and scorpions and other uh, crawling in poisonous insects uh, and arachnids and other weird creatures begin to emerge and start chasing the three of them. And they run off in fear. Ever the showman. I'm sorry, venomous, not poisonous. Well, let's just say that the band is going on while that you're setting up. Okay. Uh, you, you, you've hung around them uh, enough. You, they, and they obviously drew a sizable crowd. So either their music is really bad and this is a Tommy Wiseau's The Room situation, or they're actually decent. Okay. So as that uh, they come on, their announcer comes across and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between from from the, the blessed isle to you. Uh, these are the bad boys of the realm. These are the realm breakers. They were kicked not only out of the Academy of Bells, the heptagram, they were even kicked out of the secondary school that takes in all, all of the lost eggs and all the bad children. These kids were so bad, not even the Scarlet Empress herself could keep them down. You know, if, if they don't, if they aren't tough, that's going to be a really shitty introduction. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> On drums, the the quiet bad boy of the of of the realm breakers you all see coming out is a uh, is the man who uh, said that whenever that he got into a fight, he would jump in front of in front and uh, bow his head. Cessus Oda. He twirls some drumsticks and boom. 
like just does actually a fairly competent drum solo. Next up on the rhythm, Sinus Ruxu. This guy is the guy with the mohawk who who was talking about showing people his dog. What a good boy. He comes out holding a sitar the wrong way and starts like just strumming it like you would a guitar. It actually doesn't sound too bad. Like you guys are kind of digging it. And then finally, as your singer, the one, the only leader of the Realm Breakers, Pelops Kaizoku, out, out comes Pompadour. You can see the Pompadour before everything else. This man comes up and he uh, takes the, uh, the the voice mod- the, the the voice amplifier. And this guy is a completely different presence uh, than what that you got you all saw behind uh, in the alleyway. Uh, he is actually holding himself up in a way that is impressive. Hello, Chiroscuro. Are you ready to revolt against the realm? And then they start playing. And they're actually good to everyone's surprise. Perfect. <laughs> While that this is happening, Elian, you get through to the other side of the uh, of the wall, where that you see standing, taking up almost the entire alleyway, standing at ten feet tall, about four feet wide, is a large man with ashen skin and uh, loose fitting clothes. He looks comprised of more muscle than anything else, and he is holding the doll, staring down at it with a smile on his face. Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not give us a follow on Twitter for more updates as to when we'll be releasing episodes. You can also give us a like or review on your podcast app of choice. Just a few quick button clicks and you can help us defeat the dreaded algorithm boss. The theme song for this game was Main Theme by Alexander Nakarada, copyright 2019, used under a Creative Commons license. And hey, for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt dice.